Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. So when we last left him, Lynn was getting jobs left and right. And he was rapping for Obama at the White House. For nine years, he had worked tirelessly to recreate his neighborhood and to create a new kind of Broadway for a new generation. Soon, he was known around town as a Broadway kid who could rap. He was working nonstop. But soon, he was answering the question that creatives hate the most. Ugh, who are you wearing? No, not that one. They were asking, what comes next? Ugh, let me live my life. Not you, but I'm sure Lynn kind of felt the same way. His performance at the White House had piqued everyone's interest. What was this play about a founding father? And how did hip-hop fit in? Originally, it was just a concept album. No one knew what Lynn had. When In the Heights came around, he wondered how he had beat everyone to the finish line by being the first to include salsa and hip-hop in a stage musical. Now... He was going to make a musical about Alexander Hamilton? Yeah, but how do you get that shmoney? On today's episode, we're going to revisit the seven-year period, tell you how it happened, and dive deep into why it became such a cultural phenomenon. Lynn was not throwing away his shot. Today, it's All Things Hamilton, an American musical, and how it helped turn Lin-Manuel Miranda into an icon. I'm your host, Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And this is Becoming an Icon. A weekly podcast where we give you the rundown on how today's most famous Latinx stars have shaped pop culture. And given the world some extra sabor. Sit back and get comfortable. Because we are going in. The only way we know how. With buenas vibras. Algunas risas. Some chisme. And a lot of opinions as we relive their greatest achievements on our journey to find out what makes them so iconic. There's an important rule when it comes to writing. The Save the Cat beat sheet? You've read Save the Cat? Um, I have a story to tell, Biatch. Okay, the most important rule is to write what you know. Okay, that was totes my second answer. But, pause, I can totally see it applying to In the Heights. But 
Hamilton? Here's the origin story of Hamilton. After two years of being on stage within the Heights, Lynn and his fiance at the time go on a beach vacation. You know, it was one of those like lay around and do nothing in the sun kind of trips. Uh, I love those. Just worrying about which pool you're going to go to every day. And making sure you get the chairs that face the beach. Yes, it was that kind of trip. Most of us are, you know, relaxing, reading a little chiclet or a steamy novel like Outlander. Wait, is that just me? Okay. But Lynn's beach read that week, Alexander Hamilton by Ron Chernell. Okay, I'm more of a Colleen Hoover type of guy. It starts with me reading it and ends with me reading it. So Lynn reads this 700-page biography of the nation's first treasury secretary and sees a hip-hop pioneer. What? How? How does someone think of these two things together? That's what everyone kept asking. But we all know that Lynn isn't just anybody. Alexander Hamilton, the chief aide to George Washington, a founding father, a Federalist, the first secretary of the Treasury, and the man on the $10 bill. Well, he wraps some strong bars. <laughs> Even Lynn acknowledges that the pitch of the show is ridiculous. Here's what Lynn told NPR. I understand how ridiculous the elevator pitch for the show is, but in a way, that video is a microcosm of the reaction the show has gotten. It sounds improbable. And then once you start hearing about Hamilton's life story, it sort of makes sense. The mode of storytelling makes sense to the subject. And that was what grabbed me about it. It was this guy who used words to get everywhere. And what do my favorite hip hop artists do if not write about their struggles, their lives, and then transcend their circumstances by sheer virtuosity? Okay, so rap artists write and rhyme their way out of their circumstances of their life, and that's what Hamilton did. Okay, I see now it makes sense. But making that connection between a historical biography and hip-hop, well, that's what makes Lin the genius that he is. It truly was like, wait, what? What's Hamilton? Really? He raps? What was your reaction when you actually found out the story of Hamilton and how it was going to be presented on stage. Honestly, I was like, bitch, ain't nobody got time for that shit, like, <laughs> at all. How are you going to make this cool? I couldn't imagine what he was going to do. I couldn't imagine people dressed like that, you know, like how they were dressed, how George Washington was dressed. I don't know how to call that garb. <sighs> and rapping, like, it just wasn't going to be fun. And look at it now. Everybody had a similar reaction. I didn't know a lot about Alexander Hamilton. I think I had read a couple of Zero. <laughs> I, I'm sure I had read a lot about him at some point in high school when I was learning about American history. But I can tell you that I am certainly not an American revolutionary scholar. Um, <laughs> although you come off as one sometimes. sometimes my friends do talk about the American Revolution at dinner <laughs> when I'm with really smart people. Um, no, I didn't know anything. I mean, I know he was on the $10 bill. When was the last time you had a $10 bill? <gasps> Do they even make those? Dude, I just got one back today. I got $11 and change because I bought a burrito. You're lying. They didn't give you a 10. <laughs> I swear. I, well, I got $11. Yeah, I got a one and 10. Wow. Um, and it was Hamilton. He's rare. And he sang to me. He rapped. He rapped. But the way that he was able to merge, like you said, like George Washington. What did you call it? George Washington garb? The way he was able to merge George Washington speak and garb and language in modern day 
Yeah. And make history so accessible. Revolutionary, bitch. There you go. That's a better word. Around the beginning, the musical was initially referred to as the Hamilton Mixtape. Ooh, I'm going to start calling all my work-in-progress mixtapes. Didn't Cardi B have a mixtape? Yeah, actually. Wasn't it called a mixtape? I think that's what everyone calls them when they're, like, about to get there, you know? Yeah, I feel like Kanye had a mixtape, Cardi had a mixtape, Lin-Manuel Miranda had a mixtape. This project was described as a hip-hop concert album about the life of America's first Treasury Secretary, Alexander Hamilton. I can totally imagine people wondering what was going on through Lynn's head because this just sounds fucking crazy and I still can't let it go. Well, neither could Lynn. He obsessed over these songs. The show took seven years to write. My man, he just can't write fast, can he? Listen, greatness takes time. In the book Hamilton, The Revolution, Lynn mentions that even on the day they were about to open on Broadway, moments before the first performance, he was still changing lyrics and lines. Miranda even spent an entire year writing just one song. Hey, I'm getting a theme. So Cardi B is described as a perfectionist. J-Lo is described as a perfectionist and Bad Bunny too. So the key to being an icon is being a perfectionist. And I'm officially writing that down. See, I'd like to reframe the word perfectionist because I think sometimes it has a negative connotation. I Mm. like to call it aspiring to excellence. And can you, can you even blame them? Lynn wanted to get every single song perfect. And he kept trying to make each rhyme even more clever. Which is why I think so many fans became obsessed with the songs. You can't hear everything in the first listen. You need to listen over and over again to catch each reference and rhyme. People that had never seen the show knew the songs word for word. A, they were catchy. Like you said, it made history accessible and revolutionary. Mm -hmm. People just caught something that felt so new and innovative and different. That's what makes these people an icon. It's so hard to create something that is truly original. Everything is a version of something else. Everything is a a reimagined or a reworked. But Hamilton is truly an original work of art. I think that there is, like we keep saying in every single episode with everybody we've talked about, it's everything is so unique. What do you think is most unique about Hamilton? The visuals right there. It's like, what the fuck? George Washington is black? Only because I don't know how other people were going to take it. So I was just kind of shocked there. And then they, and a black guy was playing a white guy. I'm like, this is too much for my brain right now. Yeah. I, I cannot deal with it. I think for me, it's, yes, 100% the visuals. But I think it's the visuals in combination with the historical accuracy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that he incorporated, the music, and how he was able to really teach an entire generation of people, multiple generations of people about history. Everybody walked out of that show smarter. I'm not saying that other shows haven't done that, but I guarantee that everybody walking out of that theater or that walked out of their car after they listened to the album came away a little bit smarter, knowing a little bit more about our country, which is 
always a good thing. Let's always be learning. Now, do you have a favorite Hamilton quote? Um, that I'm not going to miss my shot. I think that's a really good one. I think that song spoke to me because like when you sit back too much, you feel like when you know you're not going to miss your shot, you just go for it, you know? And then if you do miss your shot, you don't feel like you missed it. Does that make sense? I do. I like that. I like the perseverance of that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say my favorite line only because I love New Jersey. My husband's from New Jersey. Everything's legal in New Jersey. <laughs> I got such a kick out of that because again, this was like way back in the days and like now it's just, it's... It's true. Have y'all ever been to New Jersey? Everything that the Sopranos took place in New Jersey, the Jersey Shore (laughs) took place in New Jersey. It still is true today. Everything, y'all, is legal in New Jersey. I don't know. It's so stupid, but it's just like one of those things that made me smile. Every time, it just makes me smile every time I hear it. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey, everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and we're reflecting on what matters most. I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tuda shows wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For Lynn, hip-hop has always been his most powerful tool of expression. Beyond being the only person crazy enough to even think of all these ingredients mixing together, he had experience bringing rap to the stage. Yes, with In the Heights, but also with Freestyle Love Supreme. Freestyle Love what? 
Freestyle Love Supreme. It was actually a group that Lynn started with Anthony Veneziali back in 2004 when they were rehearsing for In the Heights. It was like an ensemble group that Mm -hmm. rapped, freestyle rapped, improved, and did comedy all at the same time. So kind of like Wild and Out, but really improvised. (laughs) Yes. Like, it's kind of more like whose line is it anyway, but like... That's really selling it short because it's genius on stage is exactly what it is. And when I saw the show, I knew it was going to be amazing because friends had talked about it. But actually being in the audience and the fact that every single show is different and every night is different and the performers are different and they change. They literally make this like an interactive theatrical experience. Sorry for clarity. It's for Freestyle of Supreme. Yes. Yes. Freestyle Love Supreme is the show. It had a pretty limited run on Broadway. It's going to be, I think, in residency in Las Vegas. It's this like improv troupe. But again, that is underselling their talents because these people are like comedic geniuses. They're wordsmiths. They're rappers. They're singers. They're actors. They are entertainers. They are literally everything because each show is built around improvisation. So every night they kind of have like a structured arc of what the show will be. And then the audience really drives the content because you get to shout out words. They ask for audience involvement and interaction and they literally make it up on the fly. And when you sit in the audience, you realize the genius of Lynn Miranda is that that is how his mind works. It works that fast. He's that witty. He's that quick. And everyone he surrounds himself with is exactly the same. In an article from the New York Times, Stephen Holden wrote this. Preceding the Hamilton mixtape was an anthology of hip hop classics, Passing Me By, Juicy, You Ain't a Killer, and Renegade, that Mr. Miranda said, form the DNA of my brain. If you listen really closely to Hamilton, you can hear all of those songs referenced. And hip-hop was born in New York City, so it's a theme with Lynn. So it's 2012, and Lynn has been developing the Hamilton mixtape for years, and he starts performing it around town, and soon, Broadway producers start hearing it. And it starts making its way to Broadway. Miranda wrote the musical, and then he gave himself the titular role, which he played for almost a year. I mean, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, because I would have done the same. Bitch knew that he had something really special cooking up and put me under all those spotlights. But wait, if you ask Hamill fans, a lot of people think that Aaron Burr is actually the best role in the musical played by the incredible Leslie Odom Jr. And hot... So hot. So hot. Why do you think Lynn didn't give himself the role of Aaron Burr? I think that he knew his star was still so really bright. You know, I don't I think that he could have given that big role away just because it wasn't. uh, I don't think that's what he even he was looking for. I think it just shows the generosity of spirit of who Lynn is. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also so self-aware. Like, you know, when you're casting something like this, like I think nobody knows your strengths and weaknesses better than you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you, if you talk to, I feel like anytime I've interviewed like really great directors and producers, they're really self-aware. The good ones Mm -hmm. are really self-aware. In Leslie, I think Lynn recognized like the greatness that is Leslie and could see how that would fit into Aaron's character. And like I said, it just shows his generosity. And he's such a team player. I know that there's titular roles 
and he played the name of the musical. But when you watch the show, like every single person on that stage carries that show. It is truly the definition of an ensemble cast. Like they are a family. 100%. And speaking of family, Mm -hmm. Lynn cast all people of color to play historically white characters. Every single one. Why do we think he did that? I think that for Lynn, maybe he just wanted it to feel real as he was acting and he could do it with all his people. Yeah. And, And I also think that, you know, as somebody who grew up listening and loving Broadway... He was also fixing something. He had the power to fix something, right? And if you have that power and you don't use it, then what does that say about you? So props to Lynn because it's completely transformed Broadway and how we see characters and who can play what characters. I'm not saying there's still not a lot of work to be done, both in film and Mm -hmm. television and Broadway, but I do think it's shifted for us culturally how we see characters being played. And we're like, wait, but you can see past the color because they're just playing a role. Like, isn't that sure, what acting just, is? Can't we act like anybody? <laughs> I just saw Frozen on Broadway and it was, there were people of color. And I just remember them coming out and I never saw that before. And now after I'm just kind of like, oh, wow, you know, like Elsa's sister or it's just an all different type of cast. It's not an all white cast anymore. And you're just kind of a little like 5% distracted and then you forget. Yeah. And they're incredibly talented. Yes, very. When Hamilton opened on August 6th, it became the hottest ticket in town. On the first night of previews, 700 people lined up for lottery tickets on the first night of its previews. So for you non-New Yorkers listening, every show does a lottery to give away cheap tickets every single night. Sometimes they're standing room only. And good thing too, because girl, those Hamilton tickets were more expensive than my freaking Fendi. Resellers were charging up to $10,000 for tickets to see the show. Shut your butt. Did people really pay that much? Um, yeah, some rich people. I quit. I'm done. What? Lynn wanted everyone to see the show, but he knew he couldn't beat the bots that buy up all the tickets for resale. The bots stay undefeated. I'm still trying to get my Tay-Tay tickets. Best of luck to you. (laughs) Hamilton turned the lottery into an event. Their lottery was soon known as Ham for Ham. So in order to win Ham for Ham tickets, you had to line up in front of the Richard Rogers Theater on the day of the show to put your name in a drawing. Then right before the drawing, cast members would come out and perform and make a little show for everyone that had lined up, which you can still catch on their official YouTube channel. Um, First of all, I freaking love that. And second, why the elf was it called Ham for Ham? If you won the lottery, you paid $10 for the show. Oh. Mm -hmm. Ham for a ham, bitch. (laughs) Joseph, I feel like the light just went on. It's so bright. (laughs) You're glowing. (laughs) Soon the word got out and every week, hundreds of people would line up outside the theater to block traffic to watch the Ham for Ham show. So they had to stop it. Damn popo. Yeah, but they still honor this tradition, though. You can still enter the lottery for a chance to win $10 tickets, but it's all online now. On Broadway, a show can do well and say bye-bye, Birdie, in like a month or two. Hamilton is still running. The love for the show didn't stop at the Richard Rogers Theater. It made its way to Radio City Music Hall for a show-stopping awards ceremony. 
Once the show got going, it was a cultural phenomenon. The official cast recording album went to the top of the Broadway charts. Javi. And it also made its way to number two on the rap albums and number three overall. Fans were listening over and over and over again. It's the 11th biggest album of the 2010s. And that's unheard of for a Broadway cast album. Last episode, we told you Lynn had grown up listening to cast albums, so he wanted his cast albums to be perfect. So get this, most cast albums take about two days to record. Hamilton took two weeks. He just had to get it perfect. Uh, And when you listen to the album, you feel like you're there. Totally. I think that goes back to how he experienced musicals in his home. You know, with ticket prices in the thousands of dollars, the world wasn't going to get to see Hamilton. Like this thing that he was so passionate about and driven by to create was not going to see the audience that he wanted for it. But that album, anybody could download that, right? Right. So it was his job, almost predestined, to create an album that let you feel and hear, but most importantly, see what was actually happening on stage. I wonder if he knew that maybe people weren't, because the tickets were so insane, people weren't going to be able to see it, that he knew early on to start recording it. When he was in previews in New York, I think there's articles of him talking about him kind of knowing this, right? When he's developing Hamilton and showing it off Broadway, like he is not a stranger to this business. He knows. Right. And he knows what he has, right? He saw the reaction. I mean, if you remember that clip from the White House of him rapping, that clip went viral. Everybody saw that clip. You knew instantly he had something. You know, they talk about X Factor and... You never know what it's going to be, but when you hear it or see it, you just know. He just knew. So why not create art that the entire world can consume for a download? I mean, I don't even know how much the album cost to download, but whatever it was, it was way less than a Hamilton ticket unless you won the lottery. Fingers crossed. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made 
and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah Yeah Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The next year's Tonys, well, they were more of a coronation than a ceremony. It practically swept every award it was nominated for. It was nominated for 16 Tony Awards, and it won 11. Best Musical, Best Original Score, and Best Book of a Musical. It was also during these Tonys that Lynn gave one of his most powerful speeches. The night before the show, the world had been horrified to learn of the mass shooting at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, Florida. Lynn, accepting his Tony for best score, with tears in his eyes, wrapped a refrain that we can still hear echoing. Love is love, is love, is love, is love. It was really beautiful. Hamilton would go on to win best musical that night making Lin-Manuel Miranda the first person to ever take home Tony's biggest prize for his first two Broadway musicals. And the awards didn't stop there. Lin went on to win the Pulitzer Prize for Drama for the musical. Bring on that Pigot! The cast album won the Grammy Award for Best Musical Theater Album. Then Lin received the Drama League Distinguished Performance Award. During their acceptance speech, they waved a Puerto Rican flag And of course, in true Miranda fashion, he raps the whole way through. Then it all came full circle when Miranda performed freestyle raps with President Barack Obama in 2016. I just got an idea. Should we freestyle? Um, I think I speak for all of America when I say no. Well, let's talk about these awards then. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are bravo. I mean, you're, you you are a number one, yeah, Lynn Miranda fan. <laughs> I'm not the number one Lynn. Listen, I just know when and where to show respect. I have worked in the entertainment yeah. industry for going hundreds on like and hundreds, hundreds and of hundreds years, of years. Hundreds of years. I have worked George in George Washington, <laughs> she knew. I dressed George Washington for the inauguration. <laughs> and what I have learned is that people are talented for different reasons, okay? I'm not gonna Mm -hmm. go into the talent versus talentless conversation. In this life that he has built and in this art that he has made, he is winning because nobody deserves to win more than him. Not only does he win for his shows and his writing and producing and all of it, but then when he gets up to accept the award, he wins again showing you and proving why there is no better person to win this award. This man never stops in his pursuit of excellence. He is just one of those people that is born to win. Hamilton was on top of the world, standing in the eye of a hurricane of success. But somewhere else, there was a catastrophic hurricane wreaking havoc. In 2017, hurricanes Irma and Maria happened. We talked about Bad Bunny's involvement in helping Puerto Rico during this time, but there was someone else who wanted to help too. 
Lin-Manuel Miranda jumped at the opportunity the only way he knew how. Remember, people were willing to pay $10,000 for a ticket when it opened. It was a highly in-demand show. So he brought it to Puerto Rico to help raise funds for the island as it was recovering. The musical was staged at the Centro de Bellas Artes Luis A. Ferre in January 2019, running from the 11th through the 27th. Didn't it sell out in like a couple of hours? Yes, the only tickets left were for the lottery. Lynn reprised his role as Alexander for the first time since leaving the Broadway production back in 2016. I remember that. Jimmy Fallon went to the island and everything to promote it, right? It was like the first time he did it outside of the studio. It was a very big deal. And he was back with his favorite Puerto Rican. Lynn? Bad Bunny. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> <laughs> the show had a successful run. The production raised funds for the restoration of arts and cultural programs in the aftermath of Hurricanes Irma and Maria. These were a combination of box office revenue, humanitarian grants, sponsorships, and other donations. There's nothing like seeing the show live and in person, but most people have seen the original cast performance in a different way, on Disney+. That's how I saw it. During the show's original run, Lynn performed and recorded the entire show. Shot over the course of two days, Lynn filmed it with an eye towards making you feel as if you were right there in the theater. And three years later... Lynn sold it for $75 million. Shut up. For real? One of the biggest film acquisitions ever. It premiered on Disney Plus during the pandemic on July 3rd, 2020, with the original cast. And that weekend, viewership on the platform jumped 74%. Wow. Years have passed, and the Hamilton craze seems to have died down. But its legacy is undeniable. The musical success stopped the U.S. Department of the Treasury from redesigning the $10 bill with plans to replace Hamilton with a woman from American history. Lynn saved Alexander Hamilton from being canceled? He's got a lot of power, that Lynn. Mm -hmm. And instead, Hamilton stayed on the bill and they decided to replace Andrew Jackson on the 20 with Harriet Tubman. The show even got its own interactive museum with Hamilton, the exhibition. And let's not forget the time Vice President Mike Pence walked out. Ooh, child. Yes, for those that don't remember or care to remember, he was in the audience on November 18th, 2016. Brandon Victor Dixon, playing Aaron Burr at the time, addressed Pence from the stage. The statement was reportedly written by the cast, Lin-Manuel, and the show's producer, Jeffrey Seller. Here's what he said. Vice President-elect Pence, we welcome you and we truly thank you for joining us here at Hamilton, an American musical. We really do. We, sir, we are the diverse America who are alarmed and anxious that your new administration will not protect us, our planet, our children, our parents, or defend us and uphold our inalienable rights, sir. But we truly hope that this show has inspired you to uphold our American values and to work on behalf of all of us. All of us. Again, we truly thank you, truly, for seeing this show, this wonderful American story told by a diverse group of men and women of different colors, creeds, and orientation. Damn! I got the chills, bitch. I love this cast. <sighs> I'm having heart palpitations. I don't know if it's the coffee here or if, if that statement really just got me. It got you because imagine delivering that on a Broadway stage. Imagine being there and you're kind of like just even or kind of around pants and you're just kind of like, I would have serious anxiety. Cool. 
if I was with Pence that night and he was sitting next to me, I would do one of those like slow leans away where yeah. you like bow your head down. Yeah. And you're like, I don't, Who I don't, I don't that? know you. <laughs> I don't know her. Uh, I'm sorry to this man. <laughs> I'm kind of weirded out that Pence would have gone to this type of play. Well, listen, at the core, the show is about American history. He's the vice president-elect of America. It is a show that is necessary for him to see. I just think that this version of America mm-hmm. and this version of American history mm-hmm. is maybe just not one that he wants to subscribe to. But when you look at the impact of this musical, to me, this is exactly the America that we all subscribe to. So sorry, dude. Well, this You're is the odd America. man out. Yeah, this is America. And he left. Yeah. Bye. Hamilton fulfilled its purpose. It revolutionized musical theater and changed the lives and careers of everyone involved. Miranda quickly became one of the highest earning celebrities. It also got him the attention of a mouse. Yes, the big mouse himself. Disney came a calling. Lynn has been writing for them ever since. Cleaning lamps for them, writing animated classics. Including a musical about Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. No, no. There really is no limit to how far he'll go. Next up, we'll be culminating Lynn's career with his professional work related to Disney, the film adaptation of his first ever musical, and his directorial debut. On the next Becoming an Icon. Becoming an Icon is presented by Sonoro and iHeart's Michael Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Is it hard for you to understand English when people speak fast? I'm Connor from the Listening Time podcast, and my goal is to help you understand English better. That's why I created Listening Time, a podcast designed to help English learners improve their listening naturally. In each episode, I talk slowly and clearly about a different topic like travel or U.S. culture, and I give you the transcript that shows every word that I say. Listening Time is the perfect tool to help you understand English better. The Listening Time podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.